0: Today on the Amped Up to Eleven podcast, Denny Cipollini. Thirty years ago, Denny lost his leg in a terrible single-car automobile accident on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. This tragic event would alter his life forever. After years of managing pain with opioids, Denny has discovered a fountain of youth by utilizing natural and holistic approaches to health and fitness. Denny has taken these techniques to the masses and continues to mentor others through his motivational speaking and personal training. Denny has become a beacon of hope for so many amputees in the senior category. His amputee lifestyle is one that is filled with energy and positivity. It is our pleasure to welcome to the Amped Up to 11 podcast, Denny Tripleman.
1: How are you, Denny? What's up? Oh, how you doing, Rick? I'm doing... I'm doing good. Good. Doing good. Good. You look
0: bright-eyed. That's good to see. I am. And you are, you are visiting with us from beautiful, sunny Florida. What part of Florida?
1: We're in um, Lakewood Ranch. It's outside Sarasota. Okay. I
0: uh, very much frequented Sarasota. I want to say uh, places like St. Pete, Sarasota. I had some friends that had a place in Siesta Key Mm -hmm. and spent many, many summers there. My parents also had a home on the Gulf near Captiva and Fort Myers. Yeah, that's
1: that's where it got hit with the hurricane. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I know, I know. And I, I very much have enjoyed Florida I know you're originally from Pennsylvania, and yes. tell me a little bit about how you ended up in Florida.
1: Well, um, I moved back to my hometown when my parents got sick, uh, my wife and I, and to help. You know, we wanted them to uh, finish their life here in their own house. Yeah. So my sister and I, um, my mother, my father passed away maybe what, four years ago, five years ago, and my mother passed away um, last year. <clears throat> so um, that's, you know, that's why we hung up there, and then um, our landlord raised the rent, and then we're like, whoa, you know, we could pay this in Florida, <laughs> yeah.
0: um,
1: and have sunshine, so uh, that's what we did. Yeah, that's and, wonderful. Uh, I, we don't regret it, it's, it's beautiful down here, it's so expensive. It's, it sounds like your but, parents uh, lived a very long life. They did. My, my father was 91 when he passed away, and my mother would have been 90. She was just a month away from 97. That's amazing. So I have uh, some DNA on my side. Yes. Um, some longevity.
0: Well, so. you, and that's, that's a great point, because that leads me you to know, my first question today. When I think about you, Denny, and, and giving your age and, and the group in which you represent, let's say, in the spectrum of what people go through at various points in their life. I think of you as someone who is incredibly motivated as an amputee, very much an inspiration to myself because at 55, I look at someone like you and I say, how can I be like Denny when I'm in my 70s? How am I gonna make that happen? So the first question I want to ask you, and this might have something to do with your parents, um, where do you feel like you get your primary motivation from?
1: Well, my, my, both of those were hard workers. Um, they loved life. They loved to dance. They loved to eat. So they enjoyed life. Um, I'll tell you what, a lot of my motivation, believe it or not, in high school, you know when they give you the award at the end of the year, you know, um, most likely to succeed, this and that. You know what I received? Laziest kid, not in the class, in the school. So they actually I gave was, out an award for that? Is that what you're saying? They, well, yeah, it was kind of a comical, you know. And, and when, I, when they called my name out, I sent somebody else up because I'm too lazy to walk to the, uh, to the uh, um to get the award, so it kind of went over. But yeah, I wasn't that motivated in high mm. school. I mean, it was party time, this and that. I gotta be honest, when I lost my leg, that is where it, it took off. It really did, and that was, uh, it's coming on, uh, well, next next year will be my 34th year without a leg.
0: So you feel like becoming an amputee you know, go, going through the accident and the trauma that you did and then recovering from that, that that sort of lit the fuse to say, how how am I going to make this work? Because I talk about this very often with amputees, and I happen to be really in the best shape of my adult life right now, and this is post-amputee. Not that I was necessarily in terrible shape before my amputation. I did activities. I was an active guy. I'd go through, let's call, uh, spurts or different sort of kicks where I'd, I'd get into going to the gym for a period of time. So I, I'd go through these phases, let's call them, of becoming mm-hmm. active, aspiring to be active but i never under, really understood the difference between that endeavor and developing what i now refer to as an active lifestyle because active lifestyle and when i look at you and i follow you and i see all the things that you're doing that's how i view someone like yourself i say well denny he lives a very active lifestyle it's it's been woven into the fabric of everything that he does, it's not like, "Hey, I'm gonna go to the gym, come home, indulge in a bunch of food, you know, hurt myself nutritionally, and then right. lay on the couch." It's 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 this thing that you're constantly visiting throughout your day to say, "How am I bringing my best self to this?" And becoming an amputee can really be that game changer. And obviously it was for you as well. Would you agree? Oh,
1: absolutely. Well, I would run, you know, um, uh, maybe a few miles a day kind of thing or a few times a week. Um, But when I looked at a marathon, I'm like, these people are crazy. 26.2 miles? And I had both my legs when I was saying that. I lost my leg. I ended up doing a marathon 10 years later. Yeah, Three of them. Four yeah. ones and three halves. Yeah. It's just that what happened was that the best thing the doctors could have said to me is what they said to me. Most likely I would never walk again without the use of some kind of apparatus. When they said that, I said to my father, Dad, you bring in my weights tomorrow, I start my rehab. I still had both legs. No, no not at that point, no. They took the one, the other one wasn't healing. That's what happened. Um and I just, I, I just, one little step at a time. Well, what can I do now? Where can I go from here? And I came up with a phrase. Um, this is my, my quote, and I love this. Um, the finish line is just the start of another race. Meaning, okay, you, you set a goal, you reach it, and that's not, it's not over. You start another one and just keep moving forward. So for me... At 70 years old, I don't know if I felt this good at 40. Yeah. I mean it. I have found, I, I say the fountain of youth, good nutrition. And, and when, when I say that, people cringe. They're like, oh, I have to eat that. No, it's good foods, good foods. Um, I, I'm a, I love meat. I love red meat, good quality meat. I think it's important to keep protein, um, to keep your muscles strong, especially as we get older. It's hard. Yeah. Um, and if I work out in the gym, I want to keep that muscle. Well, I've so seen your posts.
0: I've seen your posts on on some of the food that you prepare. And I will <laughs> and I will and I will tell you that very often I think, oh boy, I'm hungry. Because <laughs> I'll see something that you post and you're you're you're, you know, let's put it this way, it's great food porn for me because I see it and I go, Oh man, this this is it. This is it right here. You know, I I I I'm starving now and you're always very descriptive about what you've prepared and how you've done it and, and things like that. And I, I do think I, I am a big believer in balancing nutrition, not, not doing anything necessarily to an extreme. I do see a lot of people that I guess I perceive as doing sort of desperate things to reach certain goals. In terms of whether it be weight loss or muscle gain, where they sort of swing to one very far end of the spectrum in terms of their nutrition right. and i I have always felt that there is a way to enjoy everything um, absolutely. in moderation and if you want to you know treat yourself every once in a while to something that's a little indulgent, that's okay it's absolutely it's it's just. Don't do it all the time, and I I exactly. I, I always recall. I, I can't. Remember, I've seen so many food docs. I remember this one documentary where there was this this nutritional expert, world renowned guy. He said, "Nobody dies from one meal. People die from thousands of meals. Bad habits. Bad habits. Bad.
1: bad. Yeah. They they constantly eat the same." non-nutritious food. Hey, I have two beers a day. I love the taste of beer. (laughs) So I have my two a day. Now, of course I'm working out and and I allow for that, but that's how I enjoy it. Yeah. And I look forward to that. Um, but here's one of the things I follow. Eat first what your body needs, then eat what you want. Mm -hmm. And most likely, um, you're not going to eat as much of that. My first wife, we used to have the biggest fights. I make this beautiful dinner, and she'd eat cookies right before dinner. I'd go out of my mind, and I'm Italian, <laughs> and and it's like, whoa. But um, yeah, I, it's it's so important to 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 feed your body the the right foods, and I do supplement because uh, a lot of our food, unfortunately, is is. Um, isn't up to snuff. It's yeah, just, and
0: I, uh, I, I had seen a post that you did the other day. It was, uh, it, it was kind of like a, you know, a, a let's let's just call it for for lack of my knowledge, it, it was some sort of a protein shake that you would kind of put a whole bunch of different.
1: Yeah, my energy drink.
0: Your energy drink. There you go. Mm-hmm. You you created this energy drink that pretty much was your. I, I guess you could call it like your own secret recipe. Yes of a number of different minerals and vitamins and, and all these different things. And I thought, you know, what, what a commitment to his nutrition. Because let's face it, Denny, everyone wants an easy fix. Everyone wants to take a pill. You know, everyone just yes. wants to say, you know, just, just give it to me in a, in a, in a bottle and I, I, I'll drink it and hopefully that'll, that'll fix right. me. And it seems like you're going after something that's a lot more high level, in that you're you're breaking it down and saying, okay, what do I what what am I feeling that my body needs? Either I'm I'm lacking in in terms of my my food intake. I'm trying to build muscle. I'm trying to build my stamina, my flexibility. I, I'm, I'm trying to survive in this this Florida heat.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: you know, and. Uh, you know what what do i need and and it it was a, a pretty impressive list of ingredients well,
1: that you would put together yeah and there's no sugar in there right you know if you can buy an energy drink and it's loaded with sugars and all kinds of so i made my own and i use all the electrolytes but the thing that really has been big for me and i put that in my energy drink um and i recommend this for a lot of people research it take a look at it but um I put bacon soda, quarter teaspoon in my water. Mm-hmm. And what that does, it makes it an alkaline water, which is better for you. It also gives you those electrolytes. Now, the other day I'm out there in 115 index heat. I did five miles speed walking and I'm sweating, but I'm not feeling the heat. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking, and I have this, this water concoction that I make. Um, And you're getting a great tan, by the way. Oh, yeah. And that's the other thing. I don't use suntan lotion, Um, (laughs) but I've learned some other things, and I apply them. I experiment on myself, and then I want to share it. Mm -hmm. Um, I want people to research it, but I really, you know, I'm old enough, and I've always done that. I've always wanted to share things that I've picked up on. Uh, I just, I love doing that. Love seeing people. That's why I've been a trainer for 35 years.
0: Yeah. The thing I wanted to ask you, because I mean, we're not that far apart in age. You know, I have found, I I, I spent about four years of my life where I was, I was very, very ill, Mm -hmm. very sedentary, uh, had a number of operations, obviously an amputation included. And I went through a lot of atrophy and, I I still feel like I'm very much a sort of deflated version of myself and of course the the, the spaces <laughs> of of let's call it my skin suit that used to inhabit much larger muscle tone h- has now sort of deflated right. and although I'm I'm very much at at a much stronger point than I've ever been, much more flexible. Um, building muscle mass is something that I have very much thought, th- this is something that is important to me. And I, I, I have read things that you've mentioned in terms of muscle being such a critical part of moving into old age and how it, it, it's sort of this building block that gives you all of these, all of that fountain of youth that you keep talking about. So, help me understand from the the. I'm trying to get some free personal training here.
1: Well, absolutely. Give me some Well, one of the I mean, one of the, one of the most important things is strength training, um, at least three times a, a week in the gym or at home. You want to lift weights, and you don't want to lift light weights. You want to go heavier. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying bodybuilding or you know power lifting weights but enough to put put some um um resistance on the muscle because that's what makes it grow yeah um because basically you're breaking down that muscle and then it repairs and as it repairs it produces more fiber right and that's what makes the muscle strong so you you know after you break it down you want to eat protein good sources of protein, meats. I've been drinking raw milk. I love that. Hmm. Um, I I guess I've I've switched into more of an animal-based diet, and I still do my, you know, uh, uh, plant, but I do more animal-based, and I find that that really helps keep my maintain the muscle.
0: And that you mean in terms of a a a good solid protein source?
1: Yeah, comparatively
0: to some of the more vegan-like sources yeah, of protein. Yeah,
1: because I tried the vegan thing and I just, I was getting sickly looking. Yeah. You lose weight, but guess what you're losing? Yeah, muscle. Muscle. Yeah. And we need the muscle to sustain. You fall, I mean, I've read one statistic and I've read it over and over again. People that fall over after the age of 65 mm. usually only live a year. Mm. The majority. Now, why? Because of, of um muscle loss
0: yeah there's no mu- and it doesn't no take muscle.
1: much yeah. um it just takes a commitment and it's something you do um and and then i also like putting in the speed walking you know I, I you know like i said I, I used to run and i i may run again i'm looking at a half marathon possibly in in uh, uh, uh sarasota but we'll see damn um but yeah speed walking uh, out in the sun because you know we were told for years stay out of the sun what? What? I don't. The I don't Sun is life.
0: Hey, just so you know, I don't listen to that at all. Yeah,
1: people. people I've never will, used suntan lotion. Yeah, people will I say just, to me I, all
0: the time. They're like, "How are you so tan?" And I'm like, "Because I'm outside all the time." Yes. And I don't wear sunscreen. Yeah. And I'm not saying that all skin types, you know, don't burn. Right. I, you know, I, I'm I'm part Hispanic, so that helps me. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. in the genetic
1: sense, that my my skin you just got to be smart yes. and, and if you're light skin get out there for I just tell people this oh I have to I got to put something on okay I said tell them to go out for 10 minutes no sunglasses on because it's amazing the rays of the sun comes through the eyes and it produces a protective barrier on the skin for the sun it's just amazing yeah but we you know people f- slap on that the the sun uh, screen and they end up with a deficiency in vitamin D yeah um, it's, you really got to look out there because people, there's companies out there trying to sell their products and they'll do whatever it takes.
0: No, I know. Uh, no, you're so right. And I I want to, I just want to back up a little bit because I, I, mm-hmm. I know you've been a marathoner as an amputee and I want you to try to recall what that looked like for yourself. And especially when someone is considering that type of, of event as an amputee, which to some of us, myself included, seems like an impossibility, because how can I say it? Just because it it just you you you. But that's you, in
1: our head. Yeah, you because can, guess what? I thought the same thing. Right. I was going to say
0: it's a mental block, mm-hmm. and it's something that we go from this place of, you know what, Denny? I just want to walk. I just want to walk. Right? And then mm-hmm. you walk. And then it becomes, well, I just want to ride a bike. That's all I want to do. And then you do that. And then it just keeps going from there. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So yep. when you when you recall preparing for those events as, as an amputee, how, how would you describe that? What, the very first marathon, let's say, that you ever ran, what what did you deal with not only in terms of your training regimen but what things challenged you in the amputee sense right from you know everything from your uh your limb your residual limb to you know even the detailed stuff like your <laughs> you know your liners or your prosthetic or you know what did all of that feel like for you? Walk walk the listeners through that.
1: Sure. Well, I knew when I decided to do, um, the first thing I did was a half a marathon, which is 13.1. And I did that in Philadelphia, um, with the support of my family, friends. I was back then, this is over 23, 24 years ago. Um, Back then, I was the only amputee out there, so I didn't know what to expect because I, I really didn't see any, you know, anything on anybody else, so I knew I needed to make my legs strong, so I really did heavy weight work at the beginning, and as my mileage went up in training, I cut back down on the weight work, which helped me sustain muscle. And you're talking about your residual limb. Both. Both. I worked on both. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: But you, were, um, you You approached it in a way, if I'm understanding, you you, you were creating the same load for both limbs, meaning yes. your good yes. leg, let's call it, and yeah. your residual limb. You weren't necessarily right. giving one more and one less. You were like, exactly. I'm just going to approach it like I've got two legs.
1: I still do the same. When yeah. I do leg presses, they both get the same amount of weight. Got it. Um, then I do them together, so I make them feel you know, wanted, (laughs) but yeah, it, 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 and, and the thing was, you know, people told me, Hey, when, you know, you know, in the marathons about the 20th mile, you hit the wall because your body's exhausted. Well, I didn't feel that. Hey everybody. Today, I want to talk about the Ross.
0: The Ross is a liner cleaning system that I really feel compelled to talk about with our listeners. As most of you know, that follow the podcast, I, I, really don't do a whole lot of product endorsing, but I I really feel that I want to get this out into the community. We all, as amputees, tend to struggle with cleaning liners, cleaning our gel liners. Whether you're below the knee or above the knee, we have these gel liners that have to stay clean. We don't want to develop skin infections, things of that nature. And having a fresh, clean liner seems to be one of the most important aspects of daily management of an amputee. And I was introduced to the Ross system through the company and basically this device is something where you can put your liner into this sort of tube, let's call it, and within 10 minutes, or if you want a deeper clean within 20 minutes, you get a fresh clean liner. And I am just ecstatic about this, it provides me the ability to have clean liners all the time. I never have to put a liner in the tub, in the sink. I never really have to use soap and water again. And it's really been just a wonderful product and experience in terms of what is available to amputees. So I want everyone to check out the Ross. It's a great system. Check it out, here it is. The ozone generated by Ross eliminates germs and odor-causing bacteria that soap and water alone cannot, leaving prosthetic liners smelling fresh, sanitized, and ready to wear in as little as 10 minutes. Independent laboratory tested, the device rapidly eliminates 99.9% of bacteria that causes skin and soft tissue infections. The Ross sanitation process is compatible with all liner types, makes, and sizes. As a clinical-grade device for home use, Ross is convenient and easy to operate at the point of care, in a clinic, or at home while one sleeps, eats, or watches TV. Check out the Ross today.
1: I, I, I feel I train pretty well as far as my strength that way. Um, one of the biggest problems is the sweat. I have to stop every mile, mile and a half just to pour the sweat out. Yeah. Um, the, um, and that's one of the issues. Like, you know, I'm at the 17th mile, let's say. I lean up against something, you know, take the leg off, do, 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 and to get started again. Whoa. Um, but, and every marathon, I said the same thing within the first three miles, what am I doing out here? What are you <laughs> crazy? I still got 20 some miles ahead of me. And I'm like, and you start, and then I went, whoa, that's a negative. Let's reverse that and take that out of there. You're going to do this one mile at a time. Um, because a marathon, I, you, I, you would split up and, you know, you could say 5k and you got what, four of them, five of them. Um, yeah, no more than that. But anyway, any way you split it up, it always comes out. You know, wow, I still got this much more to do. But um, it was always good because people supported me. Yeah, and they'd run up next to me and run with me, and 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 that just made me feel good. And back back when I did it, uh, uh, team and training was was uh, was doing it. And the good part about that is it was a lot of women that did that. So they kind of made it fun though, you know, you know, they, they kind of huddled around me and and we ran together. So it was fun. It it was, uh, um, but I'll never forget my first marathon, um, coming down. It was in San Diego, rock and roll marathon, 2000, year 2000. I'm coming down to the finish line. Now my left leg, you know, the, the amputation that is, it's bleeding. It's just a mess. So I'm literally limping on it. Yeah. And the right leg, all of a sudden, it feels like I got shot in the hamstring. I mm-hmm. go into a cramp. Both legs are like, ah, oh. but they allow me to finish with my kids. So about 20 yards from the finish line, my two kids are waiting for me. I'm getting chills right now. Yeah. When I saw them, I just sprinted grabbed our hands, and we headed for the finish line. I didn't feel any pain during that period of time. Later on, yeah, that's a different story. But that's what's important, I think, um, how, how, how our mind plays. You know, distract the pain. Right. I know with phantom pain, one of the worst things, one of the worst pains anybody can feel. And I know you know what I'm talking about. Oh, for sure. Um and I found a I found a way uh to help with that. We'll get into that in a
0: little yeah, bit. Yeah. And you know, the, the the story itself, you know, about your kids, I I think is a huge is a huge point to sort of highlight because very often when I do meet new amputees and they reach out to me, and the first question I usually ask them is, what is your support system like? That's usually the first thing I say because so much of what you're describing as this this energy, this fuel that you had as an amputee, as an athlete, and obviously as a father, came from your support system. Mm-hmm. And people, all of us, I don't care what, Fitness level you are i don't i i don't I don't care what luck walk of life you come from. so much of who we are is defined by the people that celebrate us and cheer us on
1: absolutely and, absolutely
0: and um you know so often people will say to me, Gosh, you know how do you do it? I mean, how do you make it look so easy, so normal and my answer is always the same, which is. It's because I have some of the greatest people in my life that support me and and give me everything I need to know that I can do whatever I want. It just depends on how badly I want it, because I never have to worry if someone's going to support me in that.
1: Right. So that... And you know what's important too, Rick? Yeah. I, I really believe because um, I, I see some people, you know, they're going through this and they feel sorry for themselves and they don't want anybody to help them and this and that. Well, I found early going, that's wrong because they're suffering just like you are. Yeah. And they want to be a part. So let them help you. Let them, you know, do it together, experience it together. Yeah. Um, and that has, that has been a big, big help for me.
0: Yeah, I want to I wanna touch on that real quick because this, this uh, idea of toxic positivity keeps keeps sort of entering my orbit. And I actually when I first heard the term, I actually thought it was like made up. Like it wasn't an actual thing. I thought toxic positivity, like what? I, I, yeah. I don't I don't understand what I don't that, think I ever
1: heard it. Well I'm it's kind of th- anxious to hear
0: Yeah, apparently it's a thing. And there is a a camp of people amongst many communities of people who have survived a trauma like you and myself that believe being positive can be toxic, that it can actually create more of a problem than help. And I very much push back hard on that. I push back very hard on it, and I say, you know, just like any other piece of advice, you don't have to listen. If I don't like what's being broadcast on the news, I turn the channel. Right. If I don't like what someone is saying at the cocktail party that I disagree with, I leave the room. Right. I don't necessarily... Allow anyone or anything to dictate who I am, what I want. We we are we are individuals and we have our freedoms. That's so right. so to condemn someone for allowing their positive nature, their 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 light, their vibration, um, to try to try to tamp that down, um, I, I think it's cruel.
1: Because well, so, you know what that's about. Tell They're me. too lazy to get up off their own butts. <laughs> you know, seriously. I mean, put other people down that are doing things. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> um, but here's one thing, though, out of that that I was thinking of. One of the things that bother me, especially on social media, um, amputees and, and even able-bodied people doing these stunts that are dangerous. Mm. That I don't agree with. Yeah. I mean, you can get hurt. And people watch that and they go attempt it i don't agree with stuff like i mean if you're if you're an amputee and you climb a mountain, that's a different thing, but some of the stuff you know you know on a skateboard they're you know i mean one false move you're you're done yeah no um, there there's a there
0: is a lot of there is certainly a lot of content that tends to revolve around these sort of extreme
1: sensationalism
0: yeah, there's sort of these extreme stunts, let's yeah. call them. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I know that so much of it is motivated by, you know, it, it's like clickbait. People are, are just wanting to get likes yeah. and, and get noticed. And, and I, I'm in the same camp as yourself. I think, yeah, that's just not really something that I subscribe to or that I want to promote. Um, but at the same time, I really feel that the amputee community in general seems to be divided very divided into two categories which is people that want to engage be positive look towards sources of inspiration things that are going to create forward movement in their in their lives and then there tends to be this other group that is in a very very dark space yeah very very sort of down on what it is to be an amputee—the why me? It's why yeah. me. Yeah. The why, pro-
1: why? How did this happen to me? Yes. But if but they're looking at it the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, of course, we all said that. Yeah. I said that laying in the hospital when friends would come and see me, and I never knew if I was going to walk again. I didn't know. And um, but I got to tell you, biggest gift, best gift I ever got, ever got. Oh it's it's. I am so content where I am. And yeah. and how I got here, and I wanna I wanna reach this to other people. A lot of people, and I get haters. You know, oh, you must love yourself. You damn right I do. <laughs> don't you? Don't you love you? If you don't, who will? Yeah, you've got to spend the rest of your life with you. Yeah. So you've got to like you. You are, and if you don't fix it.
0: Yeah, I I actually agree with that sentiment a hundred percent because so much of my my later years now, you know, my let's call it my true adult life has been in realizing that to be happy, truly happy, and experience joy, you have to love yourself. Yes. You, you really have to take care of, prioritize, and love yourself. Because I, I spent so many of my adult, adult years constantly saying phrases like, I have to, or I'm supposed to, mm-hmm. or it's expected of me. And very often that was to serve the needs of others. So there Mm -hmm. were so many outside forces that were sort of driving my motivations that had very, very little to do with what I wanted to do or what I wanted to give myself. And certainly becoming an amputee really kind of recalibrates that thinking of Mm -hmm. if I'm going to make this work, and when I say this, I mean... This limb loss thing. Right. <laughs> this right. this sudden change of yep. oh my gosh, what has happened to me? I, I, I've gotta start loving myself. I've gotta start taking care of myself. I have to start treating my body like nature intended. I'm a machine
1: yeah. and I That's have right. to I gotta work. And think about it. I you wouldn't put bad gas in your car, would you? Or <laughs> I, bad oil. Yeah, I always say, like,
0: would you would you would you fill your gas tank with milk? I <laughs> <Exactly>. doubt it. <laughs>
1: So you want to put the best in for, for, for whatever. And the amazing thing is the car will run better, but so will we, but we heal ourselves. We need to feed it the right things. No,
0: absolutely. I want to, I want to touch on some of what you battled with earlier in your, your amputee journey. You talk in a very transparent way, which I appreciate, um, about your struggle with opioids Mm -hmm. and being an amputee as as you are familiar i am familiar many of our listeners are familiar that managing pain whether that is chronic pain incision pain uh bone issues and the 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 biggest natural evil of all which is phantom pains mm-hmm. um you struggled for for a, a decent amount of time and twenty eight years. Yeah, and uh, you know I'd really like to hear your perspective because obviously you have gotten on top of this oh, and yeah. you are living in a way, um, in a holistic sense that is is really a game changer and I think would provide inspiration. To a lot of folks out there, so I'll let you Absolutely. go. I'll let you, I'll let you run wild on that one.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, because there, there's there's some my yeah, few things I'd like to say about this. Well, obviously during this time, um, was the opioid you know let's give them out you know kind of thing. So pills, you know, whatever I wanted came to me. Um, and the problem with opioids, you need more, 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 more. To take the pain away, and and what I learned through the years, um, sometimes it's not just the it's it's the actual opioid and what it does to you, what what it does, that causes more pain. I couldn't leave the house without my satchel of pills, because every three hours there it is calling me, sending the pain. Um, you know, hey, you got to feed us, you got to feed us, and I did. Because I would go to my doctor. They'd give me more, more. I mean, I, I tried everything. And the pain never totally went away. It just just mm. numbed it. Um, so I went 28 years on mm. opioids. I mean, I think the, at the end when I finally quit, I was up to 200 milligrams of um, oxycodone mm. a day. And um, yeah, a I, I, few times, I think my heart stopped. I can remember that. Um, I, re, I remember, you know, going to work and on the way home, waking up in a, in a, in a uh, intersection, passing out. These things were, you know, these things are Satan's pills. They are deadly. So about six years ago, um, I said, hey, I got to get off these things. So I went to a um, rehab hospital, and I wanted to talk with them. And I said, listen, um, this is my situation. I've been on opioids for 28 years. I want to get off them. Um, I want to detox. And I said, what is that what is that detail? And he, he, uh, they said to me, they said, well, we'll keep you here a week, and you'll never feel a thing. You're gonna ju- we'll give you drugs to get you off of this. And I'm like, wait a minute. I don't want any more drugs. I says, no thanks. I want to feel the pain so I never go back here again. I wanted to mess myself, to feel the, the crawling skin, the, 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 confu- the, the whole horrible sense of it. I wanted to feel all that. So what I did is I locked myself in my bedroom. Um, I told my wife, I said, this is what's going to happen here. I told my doctor what I was going to do. He was, he was on, on, uh, alert. Uh, I would monitor everything, you know, uh, my blood pressure got high at points where I thought I would go to the emergency room, but I didn't have to, I didn't take any drugs. I just went cold Turkey. Uh, was it, was it bad? Yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible. Uh, it took, it took a while for the physical part to go. The mental part stayed with me for months. Um, and, and my gut, it took years to get it back. Mm. But now I can honestly say, because it's a, a cycle. You, you, they give you drugs that the same companies, you know, they make the same drugs. It just doesn't get you high, but you're still on narcotics now. And then when I researched it, only 5% usually are successful. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to do it myself. Um, now with that said, what was I going to do about the phantom pain? Because there's nothing worse than that. And I would get it for sometimes four days. And, and, you know, it's like the worst pain that I've ever felt. It's like being electrocuted every five to eight seconds. And the worst part of it, you know, it's coming. Uh And then it's like, ah, and you know, it just, oh, you know what I mean? I do. And and anybody that you know that's that's experienced them, no, it's it's horrible. But what I did is I coincided with um, Pennsylvania was getting the medical marijuana. So I started on the medical marijuana, and um, and that's a shame because it was so helpful. But it takes you have to learn how to use it. It's not like you take a pill and it works. You need to be your own pharmacist. You've got to know the right dose. Right now, I use a tincture and and I use it throughout the day, maybe three or four times a day. And what it does, I take it to the, you know, not to the psychoactivity. I don't get high on it. I take it right below that level. And I have not, when I tell you, have not had any phantom pains. More so, even like I said, with the opioids, I still had them. This, the, the key that I've learned through the years is when that starts kicking down there, when those nerves start, mm-hmm. um, or whatever, you know, they're going to start running up the leg. Uh, that's when I make sure I've got control. Cause once it start run it starts running up the leg, you can't stop it. It's hey, really, really you're, hard.
0: You're trying to get ahead of it. And yeah. I, I understand. And... and there's a
1: supplement too, that, that is very good for nerve pain. It's a natural, we make it in our bodies. It's an antioxidant called alpha lipoic acid. Mm. It really helps with nerve pain. I highly recommend that uh, uh, to the listeners to, to to take a look at it. Um, it's very safe. And um, I think you would have some- I want you know, to
0: make sure that we we tell all our listeners, what is the way in which you prefer people reach out to you? Because obviously- you um, have a lot to offer the community in terms of guidance, in terms of personal training and coaching. Um, how would someone go about getting in touch with you?
1: Well, you can, you can Google my name. I'm on um, Instagram. I'm on Facebook. And I also have my own website. It's uh, dennychipolini.com. That has to be updated a little bit. But it shows some of the videos of my uh, earlier years when I did the marathons and speaking in schools and things like that.
0: And you'll so, you'll um, take just a, a straight up DM from someone. So if someone just messages you, that's okay.
1: Yeah, you know I've got to feel it out, but you okay. know I, I've learned. You got to filter pro- out the scammers. <laughs> yeah, you usually can tell right away. You go see their profile, and they have one picture. <laughs> you know, I I, I, mean, not I always real-
0: I always know it's a scam when it's some really good looking girl. Oh yeah,
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: I'm like, whoop! She's not interested uh, yeah, in me. Like
1: 21 years old, and why are you getting in touch with me? Uh, That's
0: usually a first sign for me. I'm like, uh, yeah. you, know, you don't want this, old geezer. Um,
1: I know that you uh,
0: you carried the Olympic torch, correct?
1: I carried two of them. So I carried uh, in 2002. I carried um, the Olympic torch in Philadelphia. Yeah. And then I went out to Utah and carried the Paralympic torch up, um, Olympic, you know, the Olympic mountain, uh, the, uh, hill to the, the stadium. Holy shit. Yeah. That's yeah. a big I deal. I'm very proud of that. That's very a proud. Big
0: of deal. deal. I mean, that's, yeah, your, that's I was told I
1: was only, the only person to really do that.
0: That's your legacy um, right there.
1: I mean, that's a big yeah.
0: deal, man. Wow.
1: Well, it, it felt good. And again, this is, this all comes from the amputation. You know, the amputation doesn't define who I am, but it sure got me off my ass, you know, (laughs) and it made me realize, hey, and here's the other thing people don't realize. We, when you find solution and and, and it's tough, you know, you've had both your legs and all of a sudden they're gone, you know, one's gone or both are gone. It's all new, but you find solutions. And when you get those solutions, they build your self-esteem. They build your confidence. And you just keep going. Hey, where can I go with this? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm 70 years old, and what I was told you're supposed to feel like at 70. Ah, uh-uh. I ain't stopping right now. Mm-mm. What uh, I'm going to keep going, and if I die doing what I love, you know, yeah. people say hey, you can die out there on the street. Well, then I died doing what I like. Yeah. what I wanted to do. Yeah, so, not wasting away in a bed somewhere. Yeah, I, I I do. I mean, I like my downtime too. But I first got to get my activity in, because it feels so good.
0: I I've got a question. Just because mm-hmm. you're, you know, the accident, um, that sort of lit the wick on all of this many <laughs> many years ago. Do you? I, I mean, is there any part of you that ever thinks about that at all? In in and 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 in what regard do you
1: do? You, well, if you yeah. do
0: think about it, what, what you know? What goes through your mind?
1: I think about it all the time. You do, but I don't. I don't. You know. I don't. It doesn't make me sad. Mm. It makes me realize what I gained from that. One of the most important things I gained when I was out on that turnpike. Both legs were severed. Yeah, um, one was under the guardrail. The other one was on the dashboard, and the blood's coming out of me. And I'm like, I'm going to die within two minutes if I don't figure this out. Yeah. So there we go with the solutions. So I made a tourniquet and put it on the one leg. The other leg I held with my hand. And the pain was excruciating. But then it got real comfortable where it was like it was in a cloud. And I'm like, that's when I got scared because I'm going to die. This is what death is. Um, but what I did, that peaceful moment before you slip away. Yeah. What I did is I visualized, I visualized I was going to be in a safe place within a couple hours with doctors working on me and patching me back up. And I put that in my head and I believed it. You should have saw the blood. It started to slow down Mm -hmm. coming out of me. And that's how powerful our minds are. Mm -hmm. That is how powerful it is. Like today, I was out doing my speed walk, and the other day I kicked it up a few extra miles. So I've got a sore on there, and it was hurting. But I'm like out there, I got to get out, you know. Um, and it started to, and in Florida, when it rains, it's not drizzling, it's pouring. So it's starting to pour. Uh, so I started to kick it up to head to some shelter. And again, it just brought to mind the pain was gone, you know. It was I, I. distracted myself enough because I wanted to get to, to dry spot. Um, so the, our minds. If we sit around, especially during phantom pain sessions, if you sit around feeling. You know, um, it's going to be worse. What I find sometimes you got to create other pain, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um, to take that away. Yeah.
0: Who so, who uh, who inspires Denny
1: Cipollini? Now, I, I want you to understand this, and I don't mean this in a conceited way, because I used to go around the schools. I, when I spoke at schools, I would would say this to kids. I'd say, guys, do you remember, you know, you, you know, in kindergarten and your teacher would say, hey, I want you to draw a picture of your hero. People that you, you know, you, you look up to. And some people would do superheroes or firemen or, or Mm -hmm. policemen or, you know, brothers and sisters. And I always said, and I would say to them, um, how about a picture of yourself? How about you inspiring yourself? And I don't mean that in a conceited way, but. Yeah. I look around and I, and I see some of the, you know, different people and I look at them and and see what, how, how, you know, they got to where they got. And, um, I, I borrow a little bit, but I want my own, you know, and I just try to inspire myself and I tell other people to do the same one step at a time, slowly, you know,
0: is that the kind of advice that you would give to a new amputee?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, just stay positive, keep your, keep your, um, yourself moving forward. If, if you can only walk 10 steps, then the next day do 11. And as you keep moving, you will create a, 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 another road. There'll be more roads to travel as long as they're moving forward. Yes, we do have our setbacks and you do. Hey, there's nothing wrong with feeling sorry for yourself. I've done it over and over again, but don't stay there. Mm. Turn around and that's when you go inside and say hey what can i do to change this and make it better and right. you find solutions yeah it's um i love life <laughs> it's so you know sharing it and and um has been such a joy for me well i so, I've,
0: e- I've had the personal pleasure of following you i've had the pleasure of drawing from your energy and being able to kind of how you said take some of that, right, and then infuse mm-hmm. it into my own life, into my own yes. experience. And, you know, you sharing all of that today is, is going to help more people than you realize. I had someone the other day said to me, <clears throat> you know, and, and she's a cancer survivor, and she's oh, she's she's been through so much, and she said to me, I'm so inspired by you and your story and she's just going on and on and on. And of course, every, every, you know, awkward alarm bell is going on in my head thinking, okay, this is, I'm not a big deal. First of all, second of all, you inspire me because of what you've been through and multiple surgeries, cancer revisiting your life multiple times. And she said, you know what it is? She said, "You never
1: know who you're inspiring.
0: You just right, don't. Exactly.
1: You don't. And I. That's able-bodied people and everyone. We're being watched, yeah. and we got to be the best we can be. Yeah. You know, unless you just, you know, um, you're those people that say positive. You know, what's it called? Toxic positivity. Toxic positivity. positivity. Yeah. Stop oh my God. So I'm going to be using that one. I can't stand it. <laughs> oh, you know what? One of the best. The best um, compliments I ever got, um, I worked for a company, uh, and I worked on a truck delivering packages. When, after the accident, I couldn't do that, so I had to go inside, and I worked quality control. And I'll never forget um, this maintenance guy. He was a friend of mine. He pulled up to me in his little cart, and he says, I got to tell you something. You make me want to go home and cut my leg off.
0: <laughs>
1: I went, Wow. That's like the best compliment I've ever heard. You know what I mean? He says, You make it look so easy. You look like, he, you know, that you're, well, you know, it's one or, way or the other. Um, in two years, I will have had, you know, an amputation, one leg for as long as I had two legs. Yeah. So then after that, you know, I would be more an amputee, longer an amputee than I was with, uh, you know, when I was born. So, Hey, you just such, learned
0: yeah, that's such a mind blow to me in terms of, you know, looking at the course of your lifetime. Yeah. And then and then measuring, you know, what what part of this experience has has been, you know, more predominant in my journey and to identify I'm I'm going to I'm actually going to live as an amputee longer than I did. As what's considered to be an able bodied you know not missing right. any limbs kind of person, and that's such an interesting perspective to sit back and examine that and say and
1: the, and the thing is too, it gives purpose to what happened to us yeah. if 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 we're inspiring people and and we're getting to people and getting them to 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 look into themselves and like who they are, um then this whole thing, my accident had a purpose. I didn't want to waste it. Yeah. And every day it it gets even better. It gets even
0: better. You, you, you have not wasted it. Um, I can attest to that. I I so appreciate you taking the time to share your story, to share your wisdom as an amputee. I'm very grateful for that. And
1: I'm grateful for you having me.
0: You know, I, I, I hope that you continue to allow us to follow you and, be part of absolutely this amazing journey that you're on, absolutely. Denny Cipollini, thanks for being here. My name is Rick Bonkowski. This is the Amped Up to Eleven podcast, and we will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening.